You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. All right. Sure y'all are like me. Y'all are glad y'all came to church today. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and give God a big hand clap for what he's already done. Really, really good. Um, welcome to church. If it's your first time at Renew Life, uh, we just want to welcome you, th- welcome you here. Um, let's give them a big round of applause for being here tonight. Yeah. Thanks for coming. I know we usually have a lot of uh, new people on baptism because families come and and uh, so, yeah, we just welcome you here. We're glad that you're here today. I don't have all, uh, my usual amount of time, so are y'all good if I just jump right in? Can we yeah. just get right after it? Um, today I want to continue my talk to you about faith. Look at your neighbor and say faith. I've, I've actually been teaching this for about three weeks now. I started in Lubbock, which you guys didn't get to hear. And, but last week we came down and, and I taught you about engaging faith. That we are called to live by faith, to live by engaging faith. Well, what is engaging faith? Engaging faith, engaged faith is a faith that engages whenever it meets an earthly reality that doesn't line up with a heavenly promise. Engaging faith is a faith that engages whenever it meets an earthly reality that doesn't line up with a heavenly promise. It, whenever you come up against a situation or a circumstance or, or a place in your life and, 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 and you see, well, that doesn't line up with Scripture. Well, God promised me something different. Uh, an engaging faith says, you know what? I'm not just going to say, well, this is the way that life is. Well, this is just the hand that I've been dealt. We were not created by God just to accept just what life has to throw at us. But we've actually been given the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead on the inside of us. And there's power on the inside of us. And the way that we release that power is actually by opening our mouth with belief or faith behind it. And we change what we see to look more like heaven. Jesus said this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Engaging faith. Tonight I want to talk to you about ready faith. A faith that is ready. Once you look at your neighbor and say, your faith better be ready. <laughs> you might be wondering, what, what, is, what is ready faith? I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but to start off, I want you to know that just like you would get prepared for a game, just like you would get prepared for a test or, or get prepared for a presentation at your work, did you know that you have to ready your faith the same way? That faith actually looks the same way, that sometimes we have to spend time readying or preparing our faith so that it's ready. Mark chapter 11, if you have your Bible today, you can turn there. This is Jesus speaking. We read this last week. It's kind of that that main passage, a scripture that's on faith. In verse 22, Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. God, not have faith in your own works, not have faith in your own ability, not have faith in how many, how many times you've come to church this month, not have faith in, 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 in anything that you can do. Have faith in God. I'll tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe. 
I love this little portion in this scripture. It's kind of right in the middle. It's like a sandwich in there that kind of, he, he makes a big statement. He says, you can speak to a mountain and be thrown in the sea. It'll be done. He goes on to say, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received it, it'll be yours. But right there in the middle, he kind of gives you the good stuff. And he says, if you want either one of those to happen, he says, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You know what this tells me is that there's times that we can pray and actually not really believe. There's times where there actually is doubt in our heart. In other words, let me say it this way. There's times when we pray and our faith is not ready. We don't have a ready faith. So how do we make sure we have a ready faith? Let's get into that tonight. I just want to take a moment and just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is life, that it is living, that it is breathing. And I pray that it would just breathe upon your people today. Fill us with power. Fill us with your strength and, and the faith that comes from this word today. Holy Spirit, I ask you, lead us, guide us, lead me, guide me into all truth. I pray that you, you would even begin to speak convict, show, reveal to your people what you want to reveal to them today. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 How many of you are the, the type of person that you're, you like to be prepared? Raise your hand if you're like, I, I like, I'm a prepared kind of person, right? Just to, just to kind of help you out to want, if you're, you're kind of wondering, I don't know, am, am, I, am I a prepared person? Well, if you're a prepared person, you know what you did? You actually studied for a test in high school. If, uh, we're, we're, about to, we're about to go on vacation, and, and um, uh, here's what prepared people do. You know what prepared people are? Overpackers. <laughs> prepared people are overpackers. I'm an overpacker, right? Like, how many of you, you, you pack way too much stuff for vacation, right? You bring back half your closet because deep down on the inside, you have weird thoughts like, I don't know, we may go there and some millionaire might come up to us and take us out to the nicest restaurant ever. I got to have that dress. I better have that dress in there, them high heels. I got to have that suit. You never know what can happen. I'm prepared for anything. But then there's these other people. We'll just call them these other people. How many of you are the type of person where you, you just like to wing it? You're the wing it kind of person. If y'all had come up to the front, we're going to lay hands on you tonight. <laughs> Cast out that demon. You know what I love about people who, who love to wing it? They're actually not prepared for anything, but they think they are. <laughs> they, just, they, they actually have more faith than the prepared person, right? See, here's what they think. If a millionaire comes up and asks us to dinner, they'll at least take me out and get me clothes before we go. So why do I need to pack anything? They can take me to Walmart. I, we can stay another week, get me some more underwear. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. We'll just wing it. I'm, a, I'm definitely not a wing it kind of guy. Uh, I, I like to be prepared. Um, and I like hanging out with prepared people. Um, prepared people make me happy, right? Um, they just, they make my life better. Uh, just the other day, uh, uh, I was, I wanted, Natalie was asking me to build a wood wall out on our, on our back porch. Y'all have heard enough stories about me to realize you don't ask me to build anything, right? All right, um, I, I have no skills when it comes to that. 
handyman does not exist in this body, okay? And so, but here's, here's what I'm really, really good at. I'm really good at making friends. I got friends that they got that skill, you know what I'm saying? And one of those friends is sitting on this front row right over here, and his name's Dan. Dan is an amazing man of God. He's, he's from Switzerland, so somebody make some noise for that. I'm not sure why, but it's just cool, right? I mean, he, he, he's, he has a calling on his life. He's just one of the nicest guys I've ever met. But you know what I like maybe most of all? He's a handyman. And he's my friend. So as soon as, actually, Natalie really didn't even ask me. She asked me when Dan was around, looking at Dan the whole time. That's what really happened. And she was like, Keith, you can help him if you want. So that's what happened. I get Dan, and we're going to build this wood wall. And so he comes over to the house, and, um, and he, he, has, he has to make three trips just to bring all the tools that he has. He has multiple bags of tools. He has a saw. He's got a little table to put the boards on to cut them. And he, and, and he literally just he, he had everything. And so we go to do this project and build this wood wall on the back porch. And, and as we're going along, just like any project that you ever get into, what happens? You hit a little snag here and there, right? You come up against something that you weren't expecting. There's just something that goes down like, oh, I didn't really see that coming, but you're going to have to figure it out. And I'm not joking. Every single time we ran into a snag in this project, Dan had an answer. <laughs> Everything we came up against, he literally would stop and he'd run over to his tool bag, and he would pull out the tool that was exactly what we needed, and he'd be like, oh, that doesn't fit right there, cut it. And like 30 seconds later, we were just going right along, and like we, we had never even hit a snag. And I'm like, God bless your ministry. That would have taken me four years. But I, I mean, we, just, we just cruised right along. He had a tool for everything. And we, he needed a drill, a drill for this and a, a drill for the concrete and the, and the brick. And he had all the different kind of stuff. And he, literally all the answers, they were in Dan. I love that example and that, that picture because I believe that that's actually exactly what the life of a believer should look like. That it doesn't matter what snag that we hit. It doesn't matter what comes up in our life that is unexpected. It doesn't matter what we run into. There's always something that we can run over to and take out the perfect tool that it be the answer to the very situation that we're in. And God has given us this tool. I forgot to bring my Bible up here. It's called the Word of God. In fact, I just have to. Stacey, it's under, your, it's under your seat, and I just, I need it. I need it as my prop tonight. Thank you. A lot of times people tell me I just tell people what to do, and then I just go on. But thank you for bringing my bow. God, God bless your ministry. <laughs> you see, we're walking around with every tool that we would ever have need of. Anything unexpected that comes up in life, I believe with my whole heart, every answer you are looking for is right here. But you know what I find is that many believers, many of us maybe even in here today, we're walking around with a limited toolbox. Because the truth is we have limited knowledge 
of this word right here. I'm not so sure that there's a massive crowd of, this is, may sound a little bit harsh, but I'm not so sure there's a, mass, a massive crowd of Christians that actually read this. If the enemy would love to attack an area of our life, it would be reading this. Well, I can't read it. I can't understand it. I'm not a scholar. I mean, I, I, the, the Bible wasn't written for me. It was written too long ago. There's all these, these, these reasons why we don't get into this. But you know what's actually true about this word? It's what's actually true about the Holy Spirit? If you'll open this up and live a life opening this up, you don't have to be a scholar to understand it because he'll begin to explain things to you you've never known before. You're, you're talking about, I, I, I'm talking about something supernatural. I'm talking about a miracle that he actually gives you the ability to read this word. Some believers may be walking around with a limited toolbox. You know, we, not, not to make you feel bad, but the truth is we might have, we might, in our, in our spiritual toolbox, we might have that hammer, might have that Phillips screwdriver, might have a few broken drills. I'm describing my toolbox right now. You might have all these other things that, but there's, there's, there's parts that are, that are missing. And here's what I really want you to get tonight. In any area of your life that you don't know what God has to say about, you actually have no faith. Where there is no truth, there can be no faith. What I'm saying is our faith has to have something to stand on. Our belief, our trust has to have something to stand on. When it comes to healing, we have to know what God says about healing so that our faith has something to stand on. When it comes to financial prosperity, when we want to prosper and want God to take care of us financially, our faith needs something to stand on. In other words, we have an opportunity to fill up our toolbox with all this truth. So that no matter what we come against, we actually have the faith for the situation. You know, I think about the life of David. Uh, many of us love the story of, of David and Goliath and, and uh, all that he did in that story. But if you want, if you, if you back up in the story, you realize that David was a man of faith. That he was actually preparing. He was actually preparing in the fields with the sheep before he ever met Goliath. We know about the story, he, David, he has brothers that are fighting in the army. In other words, David wasn't big enough, he wasn't strong enough, he wasn't good enough. But one day his dad comes to him and is like, David, I need you to take this food and go take it to your brothers, they're at war. The real men are at war, I need you to take them some food. And David rolls up to the camp and he takes his brothers the food and he rolls up at the, just at, at the right time. Because when he gets to the camp, you know what he actually hears? He gets there right at the, the, the time that Goliath would usually walk out and begin to taunt the army of God. The people of God. Remember, Goliath would come out and he would taunt them. He'd say, go, go ahead and bring your best guy. And it says that every person in the army, even Saul the king, would cower down and even run away. And David shows up on the scene, 
And when he hears this Philistine, this the Goliath begin to talk this way, he, it's, it's kind of like he has this, this moment where he was like, what, what is happening right now? I mean, think about this. You have all these men, they're bigger, they're tougher, they're, they're dressed in their armor, and old boy David shows up in his robe with food, like a girl. Sorry, I'm just saying. Like, that's what's going on. And, he, and, and Goliath begins up, and he's like, I can just picture, if he, I don't know if he had a shepherd's staff, but he was like, throw it up there, like, what are we doing here? Who's this joker? Who's this guy that just keeps running his mouth? Why, why hasn't anybody here done anything about it? And can I just stop right there? And can I just say, when the enemy begins to talk, why don't we say, who's that joker? Why do we keep letting his voice be louder? Why do we keep cowering down to what he has to say when we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God, filled with power? Sometimes we let the enemy run his mouth too long, is what I'm saying. But David hears this, and he said, he says, uh, well... If nobody else is going to do it, I got this. I'll take care of this guy. What's the reward again? I love it in scripture because when you read the story, he heard what the reward was, but he just wanted to hear it out loud one more time. He just wanted everybody to know, I'm about to do it, but I just want y'all to tell me, what, what is it again? Oh, the king's daughter? That's what I'm talking about. No taxes for my family? Oh, yeah, everybody be happy about that. And everyone ran over to David. David, man, you, even his older brother, hey, bro, shh, you sound like an idiot. Yeah. You're embarrassing yourself. Even Saul brings him in. Hey, man, this guy's been fighting since his youth. You're still a youth. But David had great faith. So you don't want to know how David responded in that moment? He said, I hear everything that you guys are saying. But what you don't know is I've been in the field with the sheep. And there would be lions and there would be bears that would come and attack. And I'd actually handle them with my own two hands. Oh, I would, I would club them. And then the ones that would actually, actually get close, I'd just grab them with my, you know, this is always my joke. There's... There were bears, and he would grab them with his bear hands. Um, it's just a bad pastor joke, but I can't, I can't not say it. I can't not say it. <laughs> Scripture says he would snatch the lion up. In other words, he was saying, see, I've already readied my faith out of season, when I come into battle, I'm already ready to take on this joker because I've already done it back here. I've got the faith right now. My faith is ready. I'm ready to go to battle. I'm ready to go to war. Second Timothy um, chapter 4, verse 2, Paul's talking to Timothy, and he says this. He says, preach the word, and then he says, be prepared in season and out of season. Have your faith ready in season and out of season. How do you have your faith ready in season? You get it ready out of season. 
In other words, when there's not a battle. In other words, when there's not a trial. When, you, when, when, when life is good, when it's the summertime, when like, you know, things have just calmed down a little bit. I believe God is asking us, will we ready our faith? I think so many times as believers, you know what we do? We wait around for something bad to happen before we ever learn what God has to say about it. God's not wanting you to go through a financial crisis before you learn that he wants to prosper you. God's not waiting for you to get sick before you learn what he has to say about healing. God is not waiting for you to go through a season of of fear on your life before you know what he says about a spirit of fear and a spirit of faith. See, God is wanting us to, to, to be prepared, to have a ready faith, to be equipped, and not just wait for the bad times, but in the good, good times, out of season, we actually get on the offense and ready our faith. As I've been studying about faith over the last, really, three or four weeks, something I've, I've realized about faith, a lot of times faith is talked about as this defensive posture, right? Faith is, it's defensive, you know, you, you read the, the armor of God, you pick up your shield of faith, right? So you can stop all the fiery darts of the enemy. It, faith can be a, it can, a lot of times it can be a response. You know, I, I, uh, I played offense. Any, any offensive players in here? That's what I'm talking about. And got any defensive players in here? Any defensive, any football players? And I don't mean right now, like you played football at one point in your life. Any defensive players? You want to know why? Sorry, guys, but you want to know why you play defense? Because you can't play offense. <laughs> See all the offensive players like, preach. Yeah, it's like, you know, like almost every single defensive back, the reason they're defensive back is because they can't catch the ball, right? They couldn't be receivers, so they had to go. Okay, y'all don't think this is funny at all. I'm sorry. Y'all can come back. I'm just... I'm just, just, just playing. I'm just playing, okay? Well, see, our, our faith is not just so, supposed to be defensive. What would happen if we got our faith on the offense? In other words, we used our faith to attack the enemy and not wait to be attacked and then respond. But we, we, we learned out of season. We went after God. Out of, we grew out of season. I want to ask you today, what are you believing for? What do you want to know about God? What do you want to learn about him? What do you want to be ready for? 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this, All scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Look at verse 17, though. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You want to know why you're prepared and you're equipped when you know this word? Because when you know this word, your faith is ready. I just want to ask you tonight, are there areas of your life where you're missing a tool? I don't, wanna, I don't wanna scare you tonight. This isn't about, oh man, you know, I, I just got saved. Like, I, don't, I didn't even know that was called a Bible. Like, what, what, am, I, am, I susceptible to the, am I susceptible to the enemy? Is he gonna destroy me? Is it, what, what, what's gonna happen? No, no, no. Bef- 
before it comes down to our faith and what we know, guess what? Our God's a good father. He protects his people. He's merciful. He's graceful. He's looking out for you. I'm not talking to the immature believer today. I'm talking to the matured. I'm talking to people who you've heard enough of this. You should know more of this. So I want to take it a step back and I want you to take a step back and say, oh, okay, well, I, I believe God will protect me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty strong. I, I know some scripture about that. I'll, man, I've seen God come through and finances and I, I believe he wants to prosper me. I even got scriptures for that. And then you kind of step over into, into condemnation and guilt and you're like, oh, but I don't, man, I, I struggle with that a lot and I'm not so sure I know what God has to say about that. Or you step over into bigger things like healing. Not really sure how I feel about that. Or you step over into the spiritual gifts. And here, I'll throw out the one. You step over into tongues. Ain't nobody like to step over into that one. And you're wondering. Don't shame yourself. Don't feel guilty. Just open your eyes and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill up that tool. I'm going to grab that tool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what God says about it. I'm going to come to a conclusion because I can't afford to live my life not knowing about that because whenever it comes up, and it will, I want to be ready. I want my faith to have a backbone. I want my faith to have something to stand on. I want to have ready faith. Do you want to see people healed when you pray for them? Do you want to be able to help others and yourself with anxiety or fear or depression? Maybe there's some of you who want to help marriages. Do you know what God has to say about marriages? Do you, do, do you want to see God come through in big ways financially? Do you want to see more of the spiritual gifts active in your life? Hear me today. You can have any of that because it's all right here. You want faith for it? All right here. The last scripture I'll share with you, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You have great faith in here today. You want to know why? Because you've heard the word of God, because you've sang the word of God, because the word of God came out of your mouth, because you saw the word of God active in this baptism, because you saw God move. See, faith, you have faith. You're leaving with greater faith than what you walked in today. Simply because of truth, you've been equipped. Didn't think I'd have time to say this, but I got it. How to keep your faith ready. You ready? Four ways. Number one, read the word. Number two, declare the word. Number three, pray the word. And number four, testimony. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.